So, John, what is the straightest you've ever had to make yourself? First of all, I resent the question. Mm. Second of all, I have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> have I ever told you about the time I went hitchhiking? I don't think so. Uh, so, back in my student days, I went hitchhiking uh, with a group of people. Your brother, Sam, was there. Mm-hmm. We went to the side of a motorway. Right. We tried to hitchhike from Leeds to Middlesbrough, I think. There was some kind of festival happening that we decided we'd all hitchhike to. Great. And we separated into three groups. There was Sam and our friend Anna, who both look like the kind of people we would expect to go hitchhiking, you know, mm-hmm. hippies. They got picked up very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Off they went. And then our other two friends, Eric and Amy, also look very like the kind of people you would expect to be hitchhiking. Got mm-hmm. picked up very quickly. Mm-hmm. And this left me and our friend Emma. Mm-hmm. Emma is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And uh, not to, you know, not to stereotype, but I, I think people who met Emma would not be surprised mm-hmm. to learn that she was a lesbian. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. sure. Now, now I know uh, which lesbian name of our friends that you're talking about. Because <laughs> yeah. there are... There are several. A a very, it's a very lesbian name, I think. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it was me and her sat by the side of the road. She was in, like, denim cut-offs and, mm-hmm. like, a white piece of shirt trying mm-hmm. to like, flag people down. I was sat next to her on the, you know, in, the, in a patch of grass just making daisy chains because I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what an image. <laughs> the car, I'm so, I swear to God, the car sped up. Like <laughs> We were like hours without anyone picking us up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I can't tell the whole story. It's very long. But we got picked up a couple of times. It took us a very long time. At one point, we got picked up on the hard shoulder by a van mm-hmm. full of brummy skinheads. Mm-hmm. Emma got into the back of the van. Mm-hmm. I got into the front seat. Mm-hmm. And these... <laughs> it was the, <laughs> That was the designation. Um in retrospect, quite unsafe. We shouldn't have separated. But Wait, was was Emma the only person in the back of the van? No. So there were a few. There, there was there was a bunch of people clearly driving illegally. So they were all sat in the back of the van, mm-hmm. and they had dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what Emma said was when she got out, when she got out of the van afterwards, and we bid these people adieu, she said it was pitch black. I couldn't say anything. Something licked me. I hope it was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. But anyway, they were very... I mean, they were nice enough to pick us up, yeah. so fair play. But they were very, very butch, shall we say. You know, they were very mm-hmm. laddish, very straight. And, mm-hmm. Well, so is she. Well, yeah, but like... But I, was I, 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 was, I was thinking, like, this sounds like a great time for Emma. Well, maybe it was, I don't know. But she was in the back with the dog, question mark? Yeah. <laughs> but I was sat in the front, and this guy was like, so is that your bird then, mate? And because I was slightly intimidated, I was like, oh yeah, I went really butchered. I was like, oh yeah, yeah that's my bird. It's my bird, yeah. Just off to a festival. Lads, lads, lads. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure if he bought it, but he, he seemed to accept it in the moment, so. Tell me you said lads, lads, lads. I didn't say lads, lads, lads. No, I didn't want to over it. I was just okay. like, no, that's my bird. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I tried to keep quiet, you know. <laughs> say as little as possible so as not to give myself away. Excellent, excellent. Okay, well done. Thank you. Well done yeah. for surviving through that. Yeah, I know. It was quite the day. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Beyond the Boxer, podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. 
And this week we're a little bit less drunk than last week. Mm-hmm. You, you enjoying that episode so far, John? I started editing it. Mm. And I'm not finished yet. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is fun. We're you know we're, we're quite loose. We're 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 very vocal. We're laughing. We're enjoying the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm about halfway through, and it's become actively torturous now. <laughs> really? Like the <laughs> the energy levels have clearly dropped. We're both struggling to stay awake. We're repeating oh. ourselves a lot. We're babbling nonsense. Mm. So we'll see how the final episode turns out. It might be short. Mm. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great, okay, well... Uh, but this week will be good. This, this, this week will be much, much better. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you really enjoyed last week, in which case this week will be different. Yeah. In fact, let us know. If last week was like a highlight, then let us know. We'll be hammered more often on the recording sessions, maybe. Mm. <laughs> maybe if uh, more of you support us on Patreon and we can afford that amount of booze. Well, there's that too, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool, so this week, The Birdcage. Yes. You chose this, John. Why did you uh, make me watch this? Because it's brilliant. Because mm-hmm. it's one of the funniest films I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I cry laughing every time I watch it. Okay. You look like you disagree. What? No, it's great. Oh, God, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Such a relief. Because this really is one of those films where, like, I feel like if if you didn't like this film, we couldn't be friends. Mm. I don't know how I would even begin to relate to someone who didn't find this film funny. <laughs> this is so fucking funny. Right. I'd say this film had its ups and downs. Sure, 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 yeah. I'd say it sort of dragged a bit in the in the last third, maybe. Really? So, I mean, okay, you can you you've had, it's, you can have that. Maybe not the last third, maybe the middle third or like the third quarter or something. Around oh. then, there was just okay. a bit where like not much happened. I felt okay. No, that that's fair. I, that's I, fair. I, 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 I don't know. Okay, that's, that's very fair. Like basically, in between the bits where they de-gay the house, sure, and then the dinner party actually happened. There's mm-hmm. quite a significant amount of time between those two bits. Oh, but that's some of the... But we'll get to it. Those are some of my favourite moments, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But, I mean, one of the things I really, really liked about this film, this is my favourite type of film anyways, is I really love a film that sets up a scenario, that, mm-hmm. like, takes its time. Because, like, the first hour and 10, 20 minutes of this film is just building up to the dinner party, because that's, like, mm-hmm. when it... That's the famous bit. That's the bit that everyone knows about. Mm-hmm. It, ta- it really takes its time. It builds it up. It creates this scenario, and then it just lets it all go to hell in the most... <laughs> hilarious way mm-hmm. and it really pays off because it really takes the time mm. so but anyway what did you think of this film apart from ups and downs uh on the whole pretty good good um good. some excellent one-liners i mean yeah i'm gonna have to work very hard to not just spend the entire podcast just quoting it because there's so <laughs> many <laughs> uh, i think my favorite bit or the most standout bit at least is when nathan lane and i forget who it was doing a rehearsal Mm-hmm. And that other guy is chewing gum. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's saying, "Well, helps me think." And then there's a bit later on where he's like, "Well, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do here. Chew more gum, <laughs> yeah. sweetie. You're wasting your gum." <laughs> yeah, that's very good. You are. I saw that. Oh, well, this is impossible. Either I'm an artist or I'm just some cheap drag queen playing it straight so he can get laughs. Let's just try and get through it. Well, you always ask so much of me. I have to understand every nuance of a song. I have to give a full-out performance, but everyone else can just get through it. I mean, he's chewing gum. Chewing gum helps me think. Sweetie, you're wasting your gum. Celsius, look, this may be a drag show, but it still has to be a good drag show. If possible, a great drag show. Yes, and just because you're 22 and hung doesn't mean you're... Let me do this, Albert. Fine, you're the director. Thank you. This is a complex number full of mythic themes. The woman who is singing invented you. You are her fantasy. And suddenly, you, the fantasy, see her, your inventor, and she becomes your fantasy. I don't think I get it. Try more gum. Albert. I hear you. We're going to start trialling a new thing now, where the person who did not recommend the film 
does the plot summary because normally that's just me. So I, mean, I think this is the wrong way around, but sure. I think it's because you you have less knowledge of the film than me, so it's like your first watching experience. Mm-hmm. Sew so up the plot for me. Okay, so Robin Williams is running a drag bar, a drag club, drag yes. club. Mm-hmm. Cool, it's yes. very much a club. Okay, it's cool. huge. What I don't know, it's incomprehensibly huge. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not all drag clubs. You've seen the size of the viaduct to our local gay club, right? It does not look like that. Have I been in there? You must have. Well, you've been outside it. It's not big. Yeah, but these places don't look that big from outside. Think of that. Think of uh, Burlesque from whatever that was. You know, that's not how gay clubs actually work. It's not like the closet in Narnia. <laughs> it's like that you walk in and something is ten times bigger. But in films, they In films, it's absolutely... Yeah, in films, that's the case in, in reality. Yes, and the uh, the star attraction is Robin Williams' partner, question mark? How is that a question mark? Because Robin Williams, at the start, does refuse to accept him, accept them as a as a woman. Yeah, but that's because they're not a woman. Nathan but, Lane's character isn't transgendered. Yeah, but Nathan, he, he was saying that he was a woman at the start. Yeah, but that was because he was being silly. Was he? You don't think the, the character's clearly not living as a woman. I don't know. No, it's a, it was a joke. That, that was why it was so funny. Because that, Yeah, that's one of my favourite lines. You speak to me in that contemptuous tone that says, you know everything because you're a man, and I know nothing because I am a woman. You're not a woman. You bastard. <laughs> it's just <laughs> comedy. Yeah. No, the cam- I mean, no, I, I, I laughed at those bits, yeah. but I wasn't sure where the line was of like, do they identify as a woman? No, 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 no. I don't think this this film is not going that deep into things. It is. Mm-hmm. He's very much is obviously an effeminate man, but no, sure. he's not. The film does not touch on transgenderism. I wouldn't read that much into it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Star Attraction is uh, Robin Williams is uh, actually are they married at that point or is that what the signing thing is? I don't. I don't know. No, they weren't married. Marriage, gay marriage wasn't illegal. It yeah. wasn't legal in America. At the yeah, time. that's what I thought. Yeah. So they're just life partners. They've been together for like 20 years. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, they run a club together and uh, they've got a son who I assume is Robin Williams' biological son along with, what's her face? Christine Baranski, yes. Christine, yes. Yeah. Um, who's always great fun and didn't, doesn't disappoint in this no, film. absolutely not, yeah. And uh, that son has recently got engaged mm-hmm. to a girl who they've been sleeping together for, for a year. Yeah. A girl who is not even 18 yet. She's either barely 18 or she's not quite 18 yet Mm. she's on the cusp how old do you think Callista Flockhart the actress was when she made this film Mm, I mean I was thinking about sort of 19 to early 20s 31 oh wow she looked great (laughs) she did look good I mean good good on her but yeah Wow. Yeah, and him too. Like he, he's referred to as he's only twenty, and no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's really much less him. surprised that he's yeah. like twenty-seven yeah. in real life. Yeah. Um, which doesn't remind me. Actually, another laugh I had was in the first time that you see Nathan Lane perform. Like obviously beforehand, you see him shaving and everything, which <laughs> becomes funny in itself. That oh, point. sure, that's a great. Um, and then I didn't have time to wax. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, later on that same evening, like, you, you then see Robin Williams walk around the place and, mm. like, he put, puts a robe on or something, goes and sits outside. And then, maybe half an hour later or so, he's drawn by Nathan Lane, who's just finished his set. Mm. And uh, he's already got his, his clock shadow. <laughs> <laughs> like a strong shadow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that must be hard. Yeah. It's a rough life. Mm. <laughs> a lot of maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, then the girl that what's his face is marrying, I don't remember any Val, of people's names. Val is the character. The, the, the son is called Val. The son is called Val, okay. Yeah. And her name? Barbara. Okay, so Barbara is the son of Gene Hackman. The daughter who, of Gene Hackman. What did I say? Is the that? son. Did I say son? Okay. Yeah. You're mixing oh. up genders all over I'm, the place. Like. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a mess today. <laughs> so, yeah, Gene Hackman is 
some kind of politician who is very, very conservative. Yeah, a very conservative Republican. I love how this element of the plot hasn't aged a day. No. It's so relevant. (laughs) (laughs) Like the hypocritical right-wing conservative politician. I love the bit where he's watching himself on this chat show and it's just literally a bunch of old white men just shouting out like abortion same sex marriage yeah. <laughs> homosexuals and they just come out he's like it's the smartest show on television yeah. so intelligent like <laughs> yeah yeah then so she announces that she's getting married to a guy that she's been sleeping with for the past year mm-hmm. much to both her parents shock I don't quite understand why she gets so elaborate but she makes up a very elaborate lie she really spins a web of unnecessary fiction doesn't yeah. she yeah like I get that she doesn't want them to know that the guy's got two dads. Yeah, sure. But got quite extreme. Yeah. <laughs> He's the cultural attaché. So much so that I, I started losing track. Like, what did yeah. she say they were in Greece? No. That's that's one of the great things about this film, is that the lies, everyone lies so much in this film, and the, the lies just unravel and unravel mm. and unravel. And it's, it's great, yeah. Yeah, the lies get worse and worse and worse. So they agree to meet for dinner, um, to, meet, to meet the parents. Well, they agree which... to meet the parents because they are involved in a scandal. Because he is the vice president of the Coalition uh, for Moral yes. Order. So, and one of the other guys on that on that board, yeah, he died <laughs> in the bed of an underage black prostitute. Yes. Um, <laughs> Hello, Ben. Ready for what? What? What's the matter, Kevin? Jackson's dead. Oh my God! He died in bed. Whose bed? A prostitute. A minor? And black? What? I don't believe this. I don't fucking believe this! I'm ruined! No, you're not responsible. Kevin, you cannot be held responsible for Senator Jackson's private life. Louise, I'm the vice president of the Coalition for Moral Order. My co-founder has just died in the bed of an underage black whore! So yeah, then they decide that to get themselves out of that scandal, they're going to have a big wedding. Yeah, a big Christmas for family so, values. Yeah, and so his daughter is going to get married. Mm-hmm. She's found this, this great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from a completely straight family. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to rebuild his reputation. Sure. So yeah, then they agree to meet the parents, mm-hmm. just so they can you know, essentially check that, oh yeah, they're, they're good people. So yeah, then that's when Robin Williams says, like, okay, well... I guess that you know, I've got to do this for Val. It takes so, a bit of warming up to he, it. Like. He, he, it does, yeah. Also, he didn't need to. He gets in touch with uh, Val's mother, mm-hmm. and uh, she agrees to come over for dinner. Mm-hmm. Who She's not seen Val for 20 years, mm. which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's weird, because she clearly doesn't live that far away. No. like <laughs> She's like in the same town, but she's not even thought to visit him. In the, she doesn't even know how old he is. Mm. And she doesn't seem to have seen... Robin Williams and all that time ever. Mm. And this is the point why she wasn't invited to the party and ended up turning late. What, what was that about? Well, that was because... So, Alfred, the Nathan Lane character, mm-hmm. is obviously quite hysterical in many places. He's waiting outside, isn't he? When she, when Robin Williams is talking to Christine Baranski, she, he's sat in the waiting room mm. reading the great magazine of legs and butts mm-hmm. <laughs> while the receptionist reads uh, Nietzsche, which is like a very intense philosophical... <laughs> There's so many little sight gags in this. Mm-hmm. I just love them. Anyway, but he comes in and she's kind of like rubbing his... She's like, oh, look at all that chest hair. Like, she's just yeah. fl- she's just being flirty with him. And they're kind mm-hmm. of... He's not cheating on him, but they're just rekindling that little spark they obviously had. Mm-hmm. And he walks in and he just, he's horrified. He drives off and leaves him. They have the big fight. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the idea is that, oh, we, after that, we can't have her anymore because it's going to upset Alfred too much. So. Yeah. But then, obviously, wires are crossed. Val tells her to come anyway. And mm-hmm. then, obviously, everything that happens then happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then eventually they do have this dinner party and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Hilarity ensues. Hilarity certainly ensues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a pretty good, good summary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Who was your favourite character in all of this then? Would you say? Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> Easily Nathan Lane. And I feel like that character could very easily be annoying. Mm-hmm. But I think he plays it so that obviously the character is incredibly high maintenance and flamboyant and ridiculous. But he's also just really likable. <laughs> you just yeah. really root for him. So, he is so very, very funny. Probably my standout scene for him is the walking. <laughs> Getting taught how to walk like a straight man. That entire... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, it just doesn't work. That entire scene, I think, that lunch scene when Robin Williams is attempting to teach Nathan Lane how to like butch up. Mm-hmm. I just think it's... 10 or 15 of the funniest minutes of cinema I've ever seen. Like, every time, it just mm-hmm. makes me cry. There's so many brilliant moments in that scene. Right. Now, this is a dinner party. Let's work with food. All right. Spread some mustard on the toast. Don't use the spoon, and don't dribble little dots of mustard. No? No. You take your knife, and you smear. Men smear. Smear. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Get the goddamn stinky down. All right, make your fingers like iron, all right? Yeah, and stop trembling. Hold the knife boldly in strength. (laughs) What did you think of Val, the son? Boring. I think he was just boring in comparison to everybody else. Yeah. Because everybody else seemed to be at 11. Mm, Yeah, And he he was like a solid eight. Yeah, I mean to be fair, it's a hard role. It's the probably the hardest role to play because there's no real opportunity to be funny. Mm-hmm. He is absolutely the straight man, not just in the literal sense, but mm-hmm. also in the sense that he's he's the reason everyone else has to lie. He just seemed like an ass, and I wonder mm-hmm. if like if there was a better actor playing it, you might see more of his side of it a little bit. But he just treats everyone with absolute contempt for the entire film. Mm-hmm. It made me really sad for Nathan Lane because as much as Nathan Lane is obviously a very over the top character, he obviously has been basically the second parent to this kid for if not since the beginning, at least for about 15 years. Like, it mm. seems that they've been together for a long time. Yeah. And he's looking through the photo album. He's there with all the childhood pictures and he's crying. Mm-hmm. And he really, really adores him. He really mm. adores this kid. And he just treats him with, like, shit. He's Absolutely, just so yeah. horrible to him. I was like, wow. Because, like, even, well, especially the scene where Robin Williams has tried to tell Nathan Lane, like, you know, take a few days off. You look tired. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, well, you'd never tell a person like that they look tired. <laughs> yeah. It's like I said, tired means you look old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, at that point, I thought, like, oh, that's, that's a good evil plan. Yeah. Like, if everyone to get, get rid of John for a week, I'll just tell him he looks tired. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then obviously uh, they, they come back home and everything's been taken away and Nathan Lane wasn't supposed to see that Nathan Lane was already supposed to be gone somewhere else. Yeah. That's when Val's like, oh, I guess you, I guess you didn't tell him. Mm. He's like, tell me what? Like, oh, kind of needed to go away for a few days because, like, this is happening. Mm. And that is, that's a tough moment in the film. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it, we thought it'd be better if you weren't here. Mm. Like, can you imagine how hurtful that would be if someone who was basically your son in all mm. but name just turned and was like, yeah, we'd prefer if you weren't here for this. Like, yeah. it's really horrible. I think that really, that's what I mean. Like, they managed to sell the emotion without undercutting the comedy, mm-hmm. which I think this film gets that balance. Really, really nicely. It's really, really good. I think it's uh, bold of Nathan Lane's character to actually get over that at all. Yeah, absolutely. Like, even if it's the thing that someone says, oh, sorry, that was wrong with me, and then apologises. He never does apologise to No, him. like, that, you still did that. Yeah. He has, like, I, I know at the end he has the tiny moment of redemption when he's like, this is my mother. Mm. But even so, for all the shit he's put him through, that's, I don't think that's enough. Yeah. And what's, what's the plan in the long term? That's something I was questioning. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like, <laughs> yeah. So is this just a, just a one-night thing of like, yeah. hey, you like these people, and then yeah. later, like, surprise, they're not the people you thought they were. Yeah. Barbara 
Callista Flockhart tells her parents that the surname is Coleman because their actual surname is Goldman because she doesn't want them to know that they're Jewish because mm-hmm. that's another thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's going to come up. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's going to change her last name, presumably, when they get married. Like, <laughs> it feels like Callista Flockhart is definitely making things harder than it needs to be with all of these lies. Where does the young man come from, Barbie? Ra. Who is his father? His father is in the arts. He's on the council, the Council of Cultural Arts. Really? The ones that funded the Maplethorpe exhibit? No! Goodness, no. He's a cultural attaché to Greece. Really? What the hell is that? Why, that, um, that's a kind of a diplomatic post, isn't it? it it's a sort of an ambassador. What does the mother do? She's a housewife. We have not talked about one of the best characters in this film yet. Who is it? Well, who do you think I'm talking about? Uh, Gene Hackman? No! I mean, we, we can talk about Gene Hackman too, but we're not talking about Hagador. Uh... <laughs> How could you forget Agador? <laughs> yeah, he was great. <laughs> was, is he Hank Azaria? Yeah, Hank Azaria, yeah. Okay, cool. Sense, yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't sure. I saw Hank Azaria was in the you know, credits and I wasn't sure, sure which one he is. Well, you, you never know what he looks like, do you? No, he's... I never know what he looks like. And he's doing such a thing here that it's difficult to pick out his voice. Sure, yeah. I see Nathan Lane, I could recognise his voice. Sure. So he's the live-in houseboy? Yeah. He so. seems to be there all the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Because he's there in the I was morning. wondering what his role was. Yeah, he's there in the morning when they, uh, the breakfast scene, because mm. you know, he makes them the Turkish coffee. Mm-hmm. And then he's definitely there at night. Yeah, so maybe he's the, he's the houseboy, like, during off work hours. Sure. He gets a room there, like, maybe he gets board covered or something. Yeah. And then he has an actual job at the club where he's just, like, an assistant. Well, I feel like being Nathan Lane's assistant is probably a full-time job in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He seems to be pretty much the only thing that holds them together. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like that, that, the scene at the beginning, we're, we're jumping all over the timeline of this film, but it doesn't matter. The scene at the beginning when it's the big night of the club and Starina, which is the character that Nathan, Nathan Lane's drag persona, is mm-hmm. like the star attraction. Mm-hmm. And Nathan Lane's like, Victoria Page will not dance the dance of the red shoes tonight. And he's having a full emotional breakdown. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell this happens every night. It's like yeah. Agador's reactions are so kind of like, yeah, I know, honey, put your shoes. She's he's like putting the shoes on as she's like talking about it. Yeah. It's fantastic. And then, oh. If it wasn't for the Pirin tablets, I don't know how I'd go on. What the hell are Pirin tablets? What, why are you giving him drugs? <laughs> it's aspirin with the A and the S scrubbed off. You're a genius. <laughs> he is fantastic. Yeah, he's good fun. I liked his, when they're getting all the house ready to be straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's wearing a, a t-shirt that's something like definitely straight. Oh yeah, straight but, looking no, or something. It, it, yeah. No, it, yeah, straight looking. It's a tank yeah. top. It's not a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tank top and he's still wearing his short shorts. And, yeah. You see a lot of Hank Azaria in this film. There's lots of his bum, lots of his chest, lots of his stomach. It's like he's very exposed in this film. Like, you're afraid of my watermelonness, my natural heat. <laughs> and then oh, one of my okay, one of my absolute favorites. I've, I've, I've said this about like 15 different lines, but one of my all-time favorite lines of this film, the way he reads it, is when Val says, "Just put some shoes on." He goes, "Ah, but I cannot wear shoes because they make me fall down." <laughs> money, so hard for the money, I work hard for the money, so you better treat me right. Ah, uh, that's right. You gotta put your shoes on, Agador, it's getting late. Ah, but there's no point in my putting shoes on, sir. I never wear shoes because they make me fall down. Just put your shoes on, okay? And talk in your normal voice. And just... 
Give me a break, okay? Okay. So this film only got one Oscar nomination, actually. Really? It was a big, big hit, but mm. it only got one Oscar nomination. What for? Should have got many, many more. Should have got loads of acting ones. No acting ones. The Oscar nomination it got was for Best Set Decoration. Okay. Which I don't think is an Oscar anymore. I think they stopped doing that. Unless they've changed the name. I think they've changed the name. Is it just like uh, set design or art design or whatever it is? Like production design is it? Production now? design, yeah. yeah, that's it. But anyway, I mean, it didn't win. Should have done. Deserved. Because mm-hmm. I, the sets in this film were... Like, their, their apartment is... There was a lot of detail in everything. Yeah. Why in their kitchen was one of the chairs a bike? Oh, that was great, yeah. Because it's an exercise... What, what, what was that? It's an exercise bike that they've clearly never used. Yeah. Like, they've bought it, you know, with all good intentions. Okay. And now they just use it to sit there, like, there's clothes hanging off it. They just sat there reading the paper. They clearly never used that bike for exercise. Mm. But it's just there, you know, aspirationally, one day. It's great. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I'm really glad you picked up on that, because I really like that, too. Yeah. <laughs> But no, the sets were great because, mm-hmm. I mean, they were so packed. Uh, I, I did that scene where I, I think it's Val just like takes his finger, just like wipes, what's his face? <laughs> Robin Williams', Robin Williams is... his forehead and then wipes the wall and it just like leaves a big clean mark. <laughs> we just had that wall sponge cleaned Val. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. When they like redecorate as well with the crucifix. <laughs> yeah, that's very. Uh... <laughs> well, they start with a moose head. It's like, don't add, just subtract. And I really wanted to see more of the Nathan Lane's club act, actually. Yeah, me too. I was quite disappointed by that, because it, it sort of cuts at the start. Like, you don't really get into it at all. No, but you I can... could have happily sat and watched, like, a solid 10, 15 minutes of just him on stage. Just doing his doing his whole Dame Edna thing. Yeah, yeah totally. he, he really was just sort of getting started, and then yeah. it cuts. Yeah. But, I mean, it made you... Re- Again, I feel like that whole bit at the beginning when they're having this huge arguments and he's like I'm not going on it's it's really dramatic like I said you can really tell they probably have that argument every night mm. but then when he when he goes on you're like oh I get it now this is why they put up with it because he's actually fucking brilliant and mm-hmm. he's he is clearly the starter and it's yeah, yeah. great but yeah I would totally watch an entire film of just him on mm-hmm. stage doing his number mm. thank you and welcome to the birdcage as you can see I've just gotten back from safari and look what I picked up a new muff Yes! And look, it comes with accessories. Oh, don't look at me like that. I didn't kill him. He died and left me everything. We arrive at the absolute highlight of the film, which Mm. is, of course, the dinner party. Mm -hmm. Nathan Lane's character has locked himself in the bathroom because he's so upset, and they're like, well, hopefully he'll stay there. And Robin Williams and Val, they've decided to just try and just get through it so that, you know, Gene Hackman and Diane Weston, Callista Flockhart, coming to visit. And they've completely transformed the house into, like, I love how they've completely overcompensated. Mm. They've toned it down so much that it now looks completely ridiculous because it's gone from, like, this gay paradise with dicks everywhere to just this, well, it's, it's a monastery. It's like he said, it's, it's a monastery. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It looks like they're sat in a church. It's like, yeah. well, this is so severe. Like, <laughs> And Agador, I feel like it's he, he's decided to call himself Spartacus. I don't think anyone told him to call himself. Oh yeah, def, 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 definitely. It's definitely him just role playing. Because yeah. if anything, Spartacus isn't even gay a name. Like, yeah, <laughs> I am Spartacus. <laughs> the amount of times he falls over <laughs> in his shoes. The physical comedy is so good. This film's built on physical. comedy. It's really and it's so good. Like the amount of pratfalls and mm-hmm. yeah. So he gets lost in the kitchen, goes into the kitchen, and. Poor Agador Spartacus is slaving away over this ridiculous meal that nobody knows what he's trying to cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was I was kind of puzzled as to why they put so much pressure on him. I mean, obviously for the plot, mm. but like they have a work, a full club and a, they're, they're, first of all they're clearly fabulously wealthy. Yeah, like they clearly have a lot of money. Yeah, 
Also, they have a working kitchen in the club because at the beginning mm-hmm. of the club, you see Robin Williams walk into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So why did they expect him to cook everything? Why not just like hire a chef in for the night? Like, mm, yeah, yeah. But then obviously it wouldn't be as funny because then you get the hilarious, just <laughs> utter, utter meltdown that happens at the dinner party. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I'm just pri- Like, they never really talked about that after the soup is served. Like, the, the soup is served, it looks disgusting. Some of them will have like a whole egg <laughs> in them. <laughs> Um, which in my head I was just picturing essentially just a human eyeball. Yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. As, like it's got to be disgusting. It's a huevo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's no main course from that. Like that's supposed to be the starter, and that's it. Yeah, because he didn't uh, make an entree. No, he didn't make an entree. <laughs> <laughs> but they never really talk about that afterwards. There's not. What can they talk about? They just have to like bre- try and breeze past it. Like mm. that's that's the thing. One of the joys of the last half hour of the film was just watching Robin Williams desperately trying to hold together this nightmare of an evening. Mm-hmm. But you see that, it's really because after the meal is served, there's, there's a little moment when Diane Weist and Gene Hackman are alone for a second and yeah. they're kind of like, something strange is going on here. I don't like the... Something, I, just, I can't remember my finger on it, but something's not right. Mm-hmm. And for that entire scene, they're just eating so many nuts because they're obviously starving. They're just starving <laughs> because the meal was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> there's every line, they're just like, mm-hmm, there's something's wrong here. Just like, fill up, fill up, fill up. This is all we're going to get. <laughs> Some of Agador's superb soup. And we're in luck because he doesn't make this for everybody. This is his specialty, seafood chowder. Oh, isn't that an egg? What? An egg. Why, yes, it is. It is a huevo. (laughs) This is so Guatemala. They put hard-boiled eggs in everything down there because, you know, chicken is so important to them. It's their only real currency. A woman is said to be worth her weight in hens. And a man's wealth is measured by the size of his cock. Well, then Nathan Lane arrives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and... Save I mean, the day. To save the day, in mm-hmm. many ways. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not a convincing female illusion. No. But that makes it even funnier. That it just It's not even remotely convincing. And that they're all going along with it. Yeah, I feel like Gene Hackman's the only one who's really fooled. Mm. I feel like Diane Weiss like, what the fuck? Well, she doesn't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. And obviously everyone else knows what's happening. And it's just... But the faces... Like, the way Robin Williams' face just drops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then, oh, the laugh. The laugh. Oh, yeah, it's so... Oh, God, it's awful. <laughs> awful or brilliant? Both at the same time. I think mean, it's awful in that it's, you know, it's not, it's not convincing. Yeah, so then somehow they manage to pull through, and I just love the the progressive drunkenness as well. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they, get, they get more and more visibly drunk, and it's absolutely hysterical. Again, she just starts talking absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like, she's trying to be, like... Nathan Lane's idea of like a conservative woman he clearly doesn't have a clue and so they're talking about like abortion and like of course it's very wrong to kill an abortion doctor kill the mothers I know the, you say then when the baby dies but then the baby's gonna die anyway so maybe it just goes down with the ship <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just nonsense like oh. gays in the military <laughs> Alexander the Great talk about gays in the military <laughs> Like, because you keep cutting between the dinner party and then Robin Williams keeps running in and out to, like, spar with, talk to Agador and to mm-hmm. try and keep smooth things over. And you'll, you'll just hear, like, half of a conversation. Mm-hmm. There's one bit where he comes out and he comes back in and he says something utterly random, like, and that's when they decided to find a ceremony they really liked instead of eating tofu. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> what were they talking about? Like, <laughs> God knows. Um, I like the bit where they, they get their name wrong. Mm. Where it's like Coldman or whatever. Oh, Coldman, Goldman, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, oh, but I thought the D was silent. Oh, well, it depends where you are. Oh, it's so nice to meet you, Mrs. Coleman. Goldman? 
I thought the D was silent. It is pronounced Coleman, isn't it? We've had some confusion. Oh, yes, Coleman. Uh, the D is silent in America. It's uh, Coldilomont or Coal of the Isle of Man in France, where Armand's chateau is, and Coldman in Greece, where Armand's work is, and finally the vulgar Coleman in Florida, where Armand's home is. So actually, we don't know where we are until we hear our last name pronounced. <laughs> but, oh, but then Christine Brasky turned up and ruins the whole thing, basically. Because mm-hmm. they leave a note for her, but then the reporters, who we haven't really talked about, take it off the door, so she kind of knocks on the door. And then she introduces herself as Val's mother. Mm-hmm. And then again, Agador Spartacus comes running to the like, can I take your purse, as usual, or for the first time? <laughs> like, he doesn't even know what the lie is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and then obviously they have to just come clean. Gene Hackman's like, well, how many mothers does this boy have? And then Val finally gets a slight moment of redemption. And it's like, this is my mother. He pulls off Nathan Lane's wig. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, this is my mother. And then it's like, he just doesn't understand at all. No. He cannot comprehend it. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) This is a man. What? (laughs) Like, (laughs) he's standing there with like a a full five o'clock shadow. And (laughs) it's like, he just cannot remotely like process what's mm-hmm. happening at all and then they're all upstairs because the base the paparazzi have surrounded the club because mm-hmm. of this whole scandal with the senator who died in the arms of the mm-hmm. underage black prostitutes and they're trying to figure out like, how, how are you going to get out because you know and it's like all the news are like descending on the club and it's like oh, wouldn't you know it the one night I don't perform yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyway so then that's when they hit on the idea of um, well Nathan Lane gets to save the day after being kind of annoying for the entire film and like being mm-hmm. the problem he actually is the, he comes up with the idea of dressing them all in drag that I found a little disappointing because I, I I knew that at some point they were gonna dress up Gene Hackman. Oh, you, you predicted that? Yeah, I can't I can't quite like this film needs to go one level more ridiculous than it already is. Sure, and there's only one step more they can take, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did that. I found I, I was disappointed by it. He didn't look as ridiculous as I was expecting. You, yeah, you wanted more of a drag transformation. Yeah, yeah. Mm. much more. And I'm perfectly happy with him being very uncomfortable. Yeah, because yeah. obviously that's where it should have been, but. Uh, yeah, he didn't look nearly as undreen Hackman like as as he should have been. I agree. Yeah, I feel like because there were so many camera crews there, someone was going to clock him. Mm. He, you could still like really, you could do a like, lot more with makeup. His like, makeup was, well, I mean, it was it was there, but it was very plain. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was just wearing a white wig. Yeah, and was it a white dress as well? Yeah, it was a white dress because he wasn't happy. He's like, I told them white would make me look fat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that. Um, but yeah, I want to think of just a bit more extravagant. Yeah. Because he kind of stood out because he wasn't extravagant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, they could have done a little bit more with that. But yeah. uh, I did like Diane Weist's makeover. There was this kind of leather dominatrix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was good. good. I've never danced with a man before. There's always a first time. <laughs> <laughs> she just gets it. She kind of gets into it. Yeah. <laughs> I've never danced with a man before. There's always a first time. Ooh. I've done a man. No one will dance with me. It's his dress. I told him white would make me look fat. What about me? I'm just as pretty as the rest of these guys. Dance? <sighs> not not you, Barbara. Don't leave me. Don't leave me here. I don't want to be the only girl not dancing. Yeah, they, they escape. And then we end with the, the wedding. Mm-hmm. And, and we end on a good old classic freeze frame. <laughs> yeah. Always good. Just a... Oh, dear. Yeah. And that's the birdcage. Yes, that was it. I rambled again. I'd really tried not to. But... You, you did. Well, I asked you to pitch in more, but what can I do? I did my best. I can't get blood from a stone. Well, I couldn't match your energy. Mm -hmm. Try. I said I enjoyed this film. I'm glad. I 
think that you're multiple, multiple levels above where I where I enjoyed this. Watching this, I did think to myself, I think this might be cracking my top three of all time. I like it that much. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I'm guessing not the same if, for you. If you say so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I don't know what your top three of all time actually are of the films you've picked. Muriel's Wedding, The Little Mermaid. No, yeah. no, no, no. Oh, oh, you mean your best film? I thought you meant your best picks for this podcast. Oh, no, no, just general best films. Oh, uh, right. Okay, okay. Hmm. Cool. Now, I think this sure. might be sliding into the top two are unassailable. Is this above Death Becomes Her? It might be. I think Laugh for Laugh, yeah. But it's close. Mm-hmm. But I think this is just that touch funnier. Okay. What, 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 how do you compare them? Oh, I prefer Death Becomes Her. Really? Yeah. Because I thought like you didn't really like Death Becomes Her that much. Did I not? You were kind of like mm, moderate it. on it. I remember it well. Maybe I've changed. I remember it well. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Um, drinking games. Sure. Okay. So, the first one I've got is... Drink whenever Nathan Lane screams or exclaims at something. That's also my first one. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's a solid drinking game. He is a good old screamer in this film. Yep, <laughs> yep, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Similarly, drink for a Nathan Lane costume change. Oh, yeah. He has okay. a lot of good looks in this. Mm-hmm. I really would love to see like a breakdown of the timeline of the day. <laughs> because from the point when they he's trying to get rid of Nathan Lane and they're on the beach together, he's like, oh, you look tired. Mm-hmm. Through to them discovering that the flat has been changed and then Nathan Lane finding out what's going on. Then Robin Williams trying to win Nathan Lane back around. Mm-hmm. Then them going to see Christine Baranski. Then they're coming back having another fight. <laughs> then Robin Williams goes and like has a lovely park bench scene and wins Nathan Lane back around again. Mm-hmm. Then the family turn up at six. Mm-hmm. They've packed so much into that day. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. and he, he changes costume like four or five times just that day. So yeah. Yeah, there is a fair amount going so on. So just every time he changes costume, in or out of drag. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's a good one. Um, drink for penis ornaments. Yeah, again, I've got one, that one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a good one. Drink every time somebody says the phrase cultural attaché. <laughs> sure. What, what, what even is that? Is that a thing? I don't think it's even a real thing. But okay. I love how Diane Weist really grabs onto it and will not let it go. Like, mm-hmm. how many times in this film does she like, a cultural attaché, it's sort of a diplomat, really. Like, yeah. She just keeps saying it. Like <laughs> She's like clinging to that. I love it. He's a cultural attaché to Greece. Really? What the hell is that? Why, that... Um... That's a kind of a diplomatic post, isn't it? it it's a sort of an ambassador. I, I wonder if he's old money. I mean, a cultural attaché. I mean, the son of a, a cultural attaché, a, a sort of a diplomat, really, who doesn't look down on us because of Senator Jackson. Well, she told him that you were the cultural attaché to Greece and Albert was a housewife. What am I supposed to do? Close the club so I can pretend to be some cultural attaché? Whatever the hell that is. What? What about you? You're obviously not a cultural whatever it is. You've never been to a museum and you eat like a pig. Barbara, the nightclub downstairs, he owns it? Mm-hmm. You mean he's not a cultural attaché? Uh, drink whenever Hank Azaria falls over. Same, I've got that too. Or dr- drink every time anyone falls over. Were there many, the... many more? Oh, yeah. Did you, you must have seen the bit where Robin Williams went flying. Wait, which bit? Remind me. They're in full panic when the, the meal's going really badly. I think they've served the, the horrible soup with the huevo. Mm-hmm. And he runs in. He's, it's great because him and Val are just like swigging back whiskey because they're just so stressed out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck the shit. And, oh, and Agador Spartacus is like crying. And he's like, he's like, you give me so much to do and no time. And I don't know why you said it was a secret chat. He's like, shut up. Damn you, shut up. Fuck the shrimp. And he grabs the bottle. And he just goes flying. And he, he literally falls out of frame. And I read about it. Robin Williams wasn't supposed to fall over. He just 
so he just <laughs> tripped over and fell out of frame. And you see the other two actors just desperately trying to hold it together, but it's great. <laughs> right. So yeah, every time anyone falls over. Mm-hmm. And obviously Agador with his shoe problems, it's just constant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my last one, drink anytime anybody sings the lyric, we are family. Because I hate that song. It's so goddamn repetitive. Yeah. They play it twice mm-hmm. in this film. They do. And it seems like it's in the, in this world, it's like a 15-minute song. <laughs> yeah. It just keeps going. Like, play the extended mix. Of all songs to extend, that is not the one. Yeah, you're not a fan of that song, no. It's, no, it is good. Yeah. But, like, it's very repetitive. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say just drink anytime anyone sings. Again, I really like any of Agador's little musical moments. Mm, yeah. Like, what he's like, she works hard for the money. <laughs> so hard for it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, drink every time somebody lies. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly Barbie, rare, but... Yeah, sure. But every, I mean, every, to be fair, everybody lies in this, especially in the, in the last half. Like, everyone is telling lies upon lies upon lies. Mm-hmm. Drink for arse. Mm-hmm. Just drink every time you see a bare arse, male or female, because mm-hmm. it's everywhere and it's great. And finally, drink every time Nathan Lane speaks absolute nonsense. Like, you'd, be, you'd be as hammered as they are, as the characters are in this film, which is good. Oh, yeah, be. To be, that, that'd be a tough way to get through this film or an amazing way to get through this film amazing, yeah. actually if, if I had like no stakes in the situation I would love to be at that dinner party like, <laughs> I, would, like, I would be having the best time <laughs> I mean I'd bring a snack because that, mm-hmm. food, that food did seem disgusting mm-hmm. yeah cool. lovely mm. right before we get to sequels if anybody would like to support the show in any way well you can donate as little as $2 a month which is a very, very small amount of money. It's a very reasonable amount of money. Yeah. What do you think? I think anyone who listens to this who isn't donating at least £2 a month is a thief. Yeah. Goddamn thief. You know what? I agree. Like, well, it's $2 a month. $2 a month. But even less with the current exchange rate. Well, yeah, I guess. That is uh, 6.5 cents a day. Yeah. It's That's nothing. It. That is nothing at all. But to us, it's everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, it makes us happy. So it makes us believe that we have true fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, at the moment we have some true fans and... Uh, and some Fairweather fans. And, yeah, yeah. So some who come and go. Who, who are you? Which one are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be? Yeah. If you want to become a true fan, uh, please go to patreon.com slash set and then for $2 a month or however much money you feel like giving to us, you can have a few little bonus features, which include a show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review films in cinema right now. We will also let any of you choose an episode for us to do uh, once a month. Now, this can be for the main show, or if you want us to talk about a film that has sequels, your favourite film that, you know, Toy Story, for example, then uh, we'll do that on a bonus show. Oh, someone make us do Toy Story. That'd be fun. I'd love to revisit Toy Story. Sure. Also, when you join this, we will put you in our official fan club, which is a Facebook page. And uh, there we've got a few people who are, you know, sharing their favourite moments from the show and other things they want to talk about. It's a way to get in touch with everybody. And also, we'll let you know, as far in advance as we know, what episodes we're going to be recording and you know, yeah, so you can season. watch the films in advance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And lastly, and finally, the uh, the last thing we do is uh, once a month, everybody gets a thirty second advert slot, which we will find the time to put into an episode. My God, I think he's got it. I have got it. That's two two weeks, weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. I think that's that joke has been put to bed. Good. Good. Yep. Okay. Brilliant. So all that is available at patreoncom set. Hey, Drew, what do you do every other Wednesday? Specifically every other Wednesday, I watch a movie, Nathan. Oh my gosh, I talk about movies every other Wednesday. Oh my gosh, if we take my movie watching and you're talking about movies... We can make a podcast! We can make a podcast, that'd be great! But what would we call it? I don't know, I mean, I get the feels for the movies. And I get the reels part of it. Man, if we combine the two, we could have 
The Real Feels Podcast. I love it. Okay, you know what? We're going to find us on iTunes and Podbean. It's going to be great. Every other Wednesday. We're going to be the realest. The feelest. All right, so my idea is going to take some input from you. Sure. So this is going to be a complete remake. We're just going to switch everything around. Okay, sure. So for this one, all the main characters are going to be a straight family, consisting of a mother, father, and and about a 20-year-old son. Okay. um, Who are all as straight as straight can be. Okay, you're de-gaying the birdcage. Well, like I said, I'm switching it around. Okay. So, who could these people be? Who could they, who will play them? Who can play straight people? <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Um, who is the most stereotypically straight people you can think of? Um, I'm going to lean heavily into stereotypes in this. Okay, sure. Well, it depends what kind of straight you're talking about. Like Adam Sandler straight or more like... Okay, now I think that they're going to own like a pub or something. Okay. But like a... Very much like a straight pub. Okay. Lots of sports screens and stuff. <laughs> you're right, you are, else if you're dead. <laughs> In more ways than yeah. one. Um, who, who, who could you see as a straight couple running a pub? Mm. What, Americans? Could be, doesn't have to be. Sure. Um... It's hard to think about straight people. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey? You think you tried and you you, you did a, an alright job. <laughs> I mean, you say him, I, I, stri- I go straight to Magic Mike. So. Sure, okay, I've not seen it. Right? Is he gay in that? I have no idea. I've not seen it either, but uh, I know he's a he's a male stripper, so it doesn't imply massively straight. What, what are you implying about strippers? I don't know. Uh, how about, like, Bradley Cooper? Although rumour has it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Bradley Cooper, great. Or Robert um, Downey Jr. Or Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is like the ultimate. He's like the icon of straight America. Okay, sure. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Sure. Or oh, he's too old? We can just ignore that. It's fine. He had kids when he was old, let's just say. Or Matt Damon. Matt, Damon. Matt Damon's good. Okay, yeah, I Matt like Damon. Matt Damon. I really sure. like Matt Damon. Okay, yeah. Okay, who's the missus? Who's Mrs. Matt Damon? Mm-hmm. So similar age? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, actually, I was, um, I've forgotten her name, but I was thinking of the person from Downsizing, his wife and that. Kristen Wiig? Yes, I, I was thinking her initially anyway. Sure, yeah. Do you want to just get them two back together? Well, they didn't get a lot of time together in downsizing, so no. sure, yeah. Okay, sure, so those two. Okay. I reckon they're running a pub together called The Caged Bird. Oh, I see what you're doing here, okay. As, as I've, I've yeah. literally switched it around. Yeah. So they've got a son who is about 20, mm-hmm. and anybody you want to cast? Well, it's going to be one of two, uh, isn't uh, it? Like, okay, <laughs> let, 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 let's go Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Sure, okay. Chalamet, Chalamet. Chalamet, yeah. Cool, so in a twist, he's gay. Okay. Oh, big twist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, he just got engaged to some guy. And unfortunately, the parents of this gay man are, no, I've written here, very important gay people. <laughs> <laughs> VIPs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wonder if you could help me think of two people. One of them could be like RuPaul. Sure. There's a hypothetical situation that RuPaul has a child. I have no idea if RuPaul does have a child. No, he doesn't. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, somebody to be RuPaul's partner. Okay. It's a person that doesn't need to be gay, but they need to be not straight. So, sure. They could be somebody non-binary is a something. I don't yeah, know. yeah, sure. Well, I was just thinking you could just you could bring back Nathan Lane if you want. Sure. Make him like you know switch. Oh, or... so it's, so like it's kind of like a sequel, but you know, Robin Williams' character has died, and Nathan Lane moved on to RuPaul instead. Interesting. I was just, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking more like you just have him in as a different character, but um, oh, it could be Alan Cumming. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I can see RuPaul and Alan Cumming as a fabulous gay couple, like a gay power couple. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Or, obviously, Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. I think Alan Cumming. Okay, we'll go Alan Cumming. Or John Travolta. Didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Please don't sue. <laughs> Okay, so essentially because of this, it's agreed that the, uh, the the straight mother and father, so Kristen Wiig and Matt Damon, they've got to put up this facade that they're not in fact straight and that they're gay because RuPaul and Alan Cumming can't be seen to go into this caged bird pub. So these like militant gays. W- what do you mean by that? Not like gays who just hate straight people. What, RuPaul and Alan Cumming? Yeah. Um, I don't know if they hate straight people, but just like they probably shouldn't be seen associating with certain kinds of straight people. Okay. These people might, maybe I don't know. I mean, this is all completely ridiculous. Well, in, in no way do I think this is how the world is. Well, in cer- you know, you know, in certain circles, you know, the original has like the right wing conservatives who mm-hmm. have no respect for gay people at all. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is like RuPaul and Alan Cumming are like so left wing that they're almost right wing. Like they would be ashamed to see their son marry someone in a really heteronormative. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kristen Wiig and uh, Matt Damon's son was it? Oh, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet, Chalamet, Chalamet. I will get that. I'm sorry. Yeah, we need to find like young celebrities we can talk about when we've had a few beers that are easy to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, I mean this one actually works for this this role. So he helps them gay up the place. Oh great! Okay. Essentially, which uh, involves completely redecorating the whole building. Um, they change the kitchen from a clean minimalist grey marble kitchen mm-hmm. to uh, something much more from the set of Friends. Sure. Okay. Full of random stuff and bright colours. Yeah. They gut out most of the pub and the dad's personal upstairs man cave. And uh, they put in a large dressing room mm-hmm. with uh, multiple racks of clothes and many, many mirrors. Okay. Um, they also cook out most of the locals mm-hmm. and say that the pub is close for refurbishments and uh, instead poach a load of customers from some other place. Okay. They transform their their pub into a fabulous gay bar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, and don't forget working out costumes for Kristen Wiig and Matt Damon themselves. So, what, okay, I'm confused. What, what, Does what, one of them have to now pose as a man or a woman? It's Explain their enti- relationship. It's entirely up to you right now. I was okay. just going to say, what would Kristen Wiig and Matt Damon do? I can more imagine Kristen Wiig posing as a man than I can Matt Damon posing as a woman. Mm-hmm. I think well, Matt Damon's a bit too big. <laughs> I don't. Think, I think even Nathan Lane would have a better. You know, would be more convincing. You know? <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I would like to see. It. I would actually. I would love to see Matt Damon in. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking. See, yeah, like see if, if they're, they're like a lesbian couple. Yes. Yeah, actually, no. I like that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if Matt Damon could just. Pose as, a, as like a butch lesbian. Oh, no, I think that Matt Damon should try and go for the more dainty look and then Kristen Wiig goes for the more butch look. But I'm just thinking Get as Matt Damon... as far out of their comfort zones as possible. Sure, but I mean, what I mean is that Matt Damon's so big, mm. it'd be hard for him to pass as like a lipstick lesbian. Okay, sure. But as a butch lesbian, you know, mm-hmm. sure. You sure, know, yeah, yeah. If, that, if, that's, if that's what you think works. Again, you're in charge here. No, it's, this is your sequel. Stop, stop trying to pass the book on to me. <laughs> okay, so then eventually the time comes for the parents to meet when the other parents come around for dinner. So essentially this means that Kristen Wiig and uh, Matt Damon have got to put up this whole facade for the entire night, which does not work well for many different reasons. Sure. They accidentally serve a meal uh, made by the mother. Um, oh, there's no, there's no like Agador Spartacus equivalents in this one. I've not written one in. All right, fine. So they accidentally serve a meal, which is uh, super inelegant to eat. Okay. I don't know, like chicken wings or ribs or something I don't know I'm going to make a suggestion can they be so super lefty liberal new age that they're not just vegetarian they're like full like vegan gluten free they have massive dietary requirements sure and these Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig are very meat and potatoes and they have to kind of figure out a way to kind of 
work around it. Yes, okay, I like that. Yeah, and so they accidentally serve them, like, a kebab or something. And they have to be like, oh no, it's... It, 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 it's it, it, This is a tofu... Vegan. <laughs> no, I'm out of my depth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like where you're going with that. Yeah, and yeah. then RuPaul and Alan Cumming just believe it. Yeah, and they're eating it, so they're yeah. eating like full meat. Yes. And yeah, and then like getting stuck in the teeth, and maybe they have like an maybe RuPaul has like an allergic reaction, and mm-hmm. so just all yeah. Yeah, I okay. That would be funny. Yeah, yeah I, I like it. And there's probably got, there's got to be a moment where uh, Kristen Wiig and Matt Damon go out the room. We we're completely forgetting about their kids in this whole story, by the way. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but where they go out the room, and then we've got RuPaul and Alan Cumming being like, well, this is. Weird, like that food tasted amazing. Yeah, yeah this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah, even better. Yeah, there's no allergic reaction. They actually love it because they've never eaten anything that tastes remotely nice in their entire lives. Yeah, they're vegans. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I like that. I like that. At one point, uh, RuPaul and I'm coming ask Kristen Wiig and Matt Damon how they met, mm-hmm. which uh, obviously their stories don't line up as uh, Matt Damon doesn't know what Eurovision is. Oh, okay. Yeah. For some reason they set their story all around meeting at Eurovision, and Matt Damon just gives a terrible description of what Eurovision actually is. Great. Just like, oh yeah, I loved it when the, the the Saints won or something. Okay, yeah. Essentially, one thing leads to another, and uh, Timothy Chalamet uh, decides to tell the truth by pulling both his parents' wigs off. Okay. RuPaul screams, oh, you should never take another Queen's wig off, darling. That was good. It was convincing, yeah. Cool. I just threw darling on there. It really, really helps. Sure, 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 yeah. Uh, the parents say it's okay because, you know, it's not actually who they are. They're actually a straight man, a straight woman, and this bar that they're in is actually very different mm. RuPaul's confused by this and um, Alan Cumming has to say but Ru they're, they're straight people <laughs> he's baffled by the concept yeah. Yeah. and RuPaul still just, just, just doesn't get anymore. it straight anymore it's 2018 yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah and then when uh, when Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig hold hands mm. um, RuPaul throws up in the nearby plant pot yeah fair enough yeah. so yeah Matt Damon then says oh, now that we've finally come out as straight can I catch up on the England game please oh, God. and so he goes and leaves okay and so then RuPaul says, well, what am I going to do? I can't be seen associating with your kind. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we have noticed that there's lots of cameras outside the pub because someone's noticed that RuPaul was there. Sure, okay. So then, oh, we never actually uh, cast uh, RuPaul and Alan Cummings, child. No, you didn't, no. Who's the other guy that we always cast? Lucas Hedges. There it is. So, oh, so Timothy Chalamet and Lucas Hedges are getting married. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Mm. Believable. So Lucas Hedges has his only line and says, I've got an idea. And so now we have a scene of everybody uh, holding down uh, RuPaul and Alan Cumming, removing their wigs, wiping off their makeup, and dressing them up in the straightest clothes imaginable to trick the cameras outside. Okay. Now, we cut to outside, where there are loads of cameras waiting for Ru and Co to exit the building. The doors open, and out run both sets of parents and their children, all dressed up as male England football fans singing, It's coming home, it's come, etc. Okay. And, uh, well, that's pretty much it. Okay. So, so you've taken the birdcage, <laughs> one of the great, great gay comedy classics. And I've given it an upgrade. And you've made it about forcing gay people to quote unquote look straight. Yeah. Great. Okay. You're welcome. Edit all of that out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get some sequels. It's just on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, no. I, I think that it was, it was an idea. It was a concept. It had plot lines and... Yeah, okay. <laughs> so my idea... Have you done the same thing? Damn it, yeah. This is the week. This is the week. Uh, no, I have not. So I guess the hardest thing with this, as you probably have to reckon with it, is the fact that, tragically, Robin Williams has now passed away. Mm-hmm. So how do you do a sequel that he's not in? So my sequel opens at Armand's funeral. 
It's very, very sad, obviously. But on the other hand, it is also fabulous. Because it's packed with drag queens. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can imagine the kind of state Albert's in. You know? Oh, yeah. He's absolutely heartbroken. So we see that, we open with that, we set the scene. And then we flash forward a few months later, and we find that Albert is in a state of deep mourning for Armand. So he stopped performing as Starina, his mm-hmm. drag act. Uh, he barely leaves their apartments, and he's dressing only in black. Mm. So he's very, very deep in the grief. Mm-hmm. His only contact with the outside world is his ever-loyal Guatemalan houseman, Agador. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is like 22 years after the original film. Yeah. Hank Azaria is now 54 years old, so I'm guessing Agador is about the same. Mm. How do you think Agador's look might have evolved? Mm, I reckon, clothing-wise, mm. identical. Still the same, yeah? Just going for it, yeah. Weight-wise, double. But not they not change the size of their clothes. So he's still wearing like the same clothes. Mm. Okay, but Hank Azaria hasn't doubled in weight. Has he not? Unless you want him to just for this role. Yeah, maybe. You think that'd be? I mean, that'd be funny. Yeah. Put him in a fat suit or something. Sure. Okay. Sure. Or yeah. just make him you know, gain weight for the role. Yeah. All, all that. Yeah. All yeah. that. Yeah. Sure. Whatever Hank's up for. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is definitely worth it. The secret. <laughs> Twenty years later, secret of the Birdcage is definitely worth. It. Yeah. Please put on twelve stone for this. Yeah. Great. I like that. But he's still wearing the same little tank tops. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's funny. I like it. Yeah. Like he doesn't realize that he's put on weight. No, he's completely. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that works. Mm-hmm. He's the only person who still stays in touch with... Well, he's, he's basically still the houseboy, so he is still t- basically taking care of Nathan Lane's character, mm-hmm. Albert. He's like, okay, I'm going to try this once. It might not work. <laughs> Aye, Miss Albert, you've got to get out of this flat. Mr. Armand, he wouldn't want you to be so miserable all the time. Anyone here? No. 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 I tried. No. Uh, there, was, there was a hint of Irish in there. <laughs> it's all um, in the place. But, yeah. like, not... No. Okay, fine. Just, I, I, I didn't quite hear what you actually said. I mean, I probably could have, but I wasn't listening for that. Um, <laughs> you were just listening. Okay. Can, you, can you try again? Okay. Hi, Miss Albert, you've got to get out of this flat. Mr. Armand, he wouldn't want you to be so miserable all the time. Okay, well, I heard what you said that time. Okay. And I feel like I hint more Irish. I'm just, I'm getting more <laughs> Irish. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. So yeah, basically, he's just, you know, you need to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Armand wouldn't have wanted you to be sitting around in grief all his mm-hmm. months after he'd passed away. Right. Albert will not be swayed, though. So Agador just kind of rolls his eyes and does his daily chores, cleaning up the flat, etc. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly Agador's mobile phone rings and he picks it up. Uh, the ringtone is obviously going to be a Gloria Estefan song. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Uh, he picks up the phone and starts having a conversation in Spanish that starts off, you know, quite sober and then gets increasingly animated and ends with him screaming and like fainting dramatically. He mm-hmm. falls to the ground. And Albert jumps up and brings him round, splashes some water on his face or something and asks him what's wrong. And Agador says... Aye, Miss Albert, there are some things I haven't told you. Are we getting any closer? No. no. Carry on, no. Okay. So he explains that uh, back in his childhood days in Guatemala, he too was deeply in the closet, and uh, he had a brief relationship with a young woman. Mm-hmm. He impregnated her, and then fled to America in a panic when he found out. Mm-hmm. So now she's tracked him down, and she's demanding that he come home and meet his now 28-year-old daughter, who's about to get married, and wants her father to walk her down the aisle. Okay, yeah. So we've flipped it. Now, Agador is, uh, you know, the father. Sure. Uh, so you can guess what we're building to here. Road trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Come on. So Agador oh, manages... stressful road trip as hell. be fantastic. You wouldn't go on a road trip with these characters? No. No? Okay. That's a lot of maintenance going on there. <laughs> So Agador manages to convince Albert to go on think a road trip. Think of the baggage. Think of the baggage. Would As be in the physical baggage. The physical baggage, yeah. There'd be a lot of carrying to go, yeah. So 
Agador manages to convince Albert to go on a road trip to Guatemala with him to offer emotional support and to help him to take his mind off Armand. Mm-hmm. There's another really fantastic film about drag queens that we'll probably do at some point called Two Wong Fu Thanks for Everything. Mm-hmm. Which has... Oh, you've seen it? No. But you know it. I know the title. Okay. Two Wong Fu is just drag queens on a road trip. Mm-hmm. So that's what my inspiration is. It's two drag queens on a road trip or two flamboyant gay men on a road trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want all the road trip cliches to happen. <laughs> they have to break down and end up stranded on the highway. Mm-hmm. They're definitely going to get rescued by a group of bunch truckers who will turn out to be huge drag queen fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll definitely lose their passports and have to sneak over the border with some shenanigans. You know? yeah, yeah. So it's all all that stuff's going to happen. But I'll fast forward that because otherwise this will be a very long explanation. Okay. Uh, ultimately, they're going to make it to the small town where Agador's family still lives mm. in Guatemala. Uh, he's going to have two very butch older brothers who I think should be played by Javier Bardem and Benicio Del Toro. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine Frank Azaria being like the brother of those characters, but obviously being Agador versus those two being very like, you know. Yeah, that works. The uncomfortableness. <laughs> uh, his ex-girlfriend, the mother of his child, I think should be played by, do you know who Sofia Vergara is? No. She's the Colombian woman from Modern Family? No. She's like Latin American and really feisty and loud. And mm-hmm. she has a really thick accent. Mm-hmm. So I thought her and Agador Spartacus arguing would be really funny. Yeah. My backup that you do know would be Aleda from Orange is the New Black. Which one's that? The mom of Dyer. The one who gets out of prison and gets with the prison officer. Ah, uh, yeah. She's a lot deal. of things now. She is. She's a, yeah, she, mm. isn't she in Fear the Walking Dead? Or was she, briefly? Because, again, I, I just want someone who's really, obviously very Latin and also very feisty. So yeah. you, they can get into, like, big arguments in, in Spanish together. Yeah, yeah. Which is, that's what we're going for with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's the mother. So, Agador is going to have a whole journey around reconnecting with his family, getting to know his daughter for the first time. Mm-hmm. Maybe he initially, he too, much like the original, he's trying to like butch things up because it's a, it's a very like Christian culture in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. So maybe he is also trying to butch things up and pass as straight, which I think would be very funny. Okay. You know, yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Albert, uh, Nathan Lane's character, is doing his best to kind of blend in and keep a low profile. Unconvincingly, of course, because <laughs> how could he ever keep a low profile? <laughs> <laughs> but he finds out that one of Agador's cousins, who we're going to call Diego, just for this, mm-hmm. uh, seems to have taken an interest in him. And Diego's kind of following him around and giving him suspicious looks. And then one day, the two of them alone, and Diego corners him and says, I know who you are. Oh, by the way, Diego, I think, should be played by Oscar Isaac. Okay, yeah. Who's actually Guatemalan, so it's perfect. Or is of Guatemalan descent. Right, yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Anyway, so one day, Diego corners Nathan Lane and is like, I know who you are. Obviously, Alfred fears that he's about to be gay-bashed or something by this homophobic, you know. Uh, But then Diego opens up his Instagram account and he says, You're Starina, girl, you slay. (laughs) And it turns out Diego is also gay and a huge fan of American drag queens, Mm -hmm. of whom Starina is clearly a legend on the scene, you know, Mm because he's a big name. So Diego's like, I can't believe the great Starina is in our little town in Guatemala. So Mm -hmm. he's very excited. I don't know, has, has Oscar Isaac ever played gay? I mean, I mean, the, questionably the, 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 in the, the Last Jedi, yeah, there's rumours in Star yeah. Wars, yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, I don't think he's really played anything specific. Mm. True, just he just plays generals, just plays in gem- generalities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as far as I know, nothing specific. Anyway, he introduces Albert to the local gay scene. Oh, an ex Machina is definitely straight. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that yet? Not yet. No. Is that for, is that for this? I feel like I'm at this point. It's going to be on the podcast at some point, so I'm just holding out for that. Yeah. Oh, what film? What a film. We'll, we'll put it up there then. I will. Okay. Fucking hell, calm down. <laughs> so Albert... <laughs> Sorry. I'm not the one who just like straightened the, the birdcage, so don't even tell me to calm down. Hey, at least I didn't make RuPaul try and be straight. You did. No, I didn't. I did the opposite. No, you did. You, you made us... The end of your film was... Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? Oh, I forgot about that. 
need therapy. So he introduces <laughs> Albert to the local gay scene. Whoa. You've gone super red. <laughs> yes, because you just don't need therapy. It's mean. Uh, where he, so he introduces, he introduces Albert to the local gay scene, where he's shocked to discover that he's considered a huge inspiration by the local scene. Mm-hmm. So they're about to hold the first ever gay pride event in their town. Mm-hmm. And they Wait, beg... Where, where are they now? Guatemala. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they beg Starina to be the starter and to like lead the parade. Mm. So Albert's reluctant at first, but ultimately they convince him to resurrect Starina. Because mm. as I said, he's not performed since Armand died. He's been in such a deep state of mourning. He's mm. not been in he's not been Starina since. Yeah. So but they convince him to resurrect Starina. So we're gonna get some fantastic montages at this point of him like, you know, transforming again, helping them to like completely renovate the local gay club, which is probably just some tiny little bar, but he's gonna turn it into a fabulous drag club. Mm-hmm. Obviously he's gonna have a lot of meltdowns along the way, a lot of emotional meltdowns, because <laughs> he is who he is. But ultimately he's gonna rediscover his sense of purpose and it's gonna be a positive thing for him. So at the end of the film, Agador Spartacus is gonna reconnect with his daughter, and we're gonna get a great scene of him attempting to walk her down the aisle in shoes. So mm-hmm. he's going to be falling over. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't walk and choose because they make him fall down. Meanwhile, Starina is makes her glorious comeback at the head of the Guatemala Pride Parade, mm-hmm. winning over all of the suspicious town people. And it all ends with a big old street party. Mm-hmm. You know, dancing, everyone's happy. Great. Uh, and we get a closing credits montage scene of Starina returning to the club in Florida, which Agador is now helping her to run mm-hmm. now that Armand is dead. Uh, and we find out that, that Diego, the gay cousin, has come with them and is now one of the star performers. And then we freeze frame on them all on stage and drag together, just having a great time. Happy ever after. And there's no mention of miserable old Val whatsoever, because who cares? Okay, yeah. That's, yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. I think classic sequel territory there. You know, you've got a road trip. Mm-hmm. You've got all the best characters. And yeah. You're right, it's got it all. I uh, think one of us came up with a much more controversial idea than the other. Yeah, well, that's nothing new there. <laughs> I mean, what's life without a bit of controversy? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Am I wrong? Um, we'll let the listeners decide great well speaking of okay listen submissions sure okay so I've put the call out and I've got a few comments that aren't all listens actually I'm going to start with this one it's not a sequel pitch but it's just a nice fun little story um, so from JC Wilson he said my dad took me to see this in theatres when I was 11 then when it came out on VHS my grandmother bought it for me for Christmas I never asked for it it's a great movie but I think my family may have been assuming things about my sexual orientation that in fact never came to be um, someone replied saying well at least they care and supported you haha and then he said yeah for sure I could have been beaten and disowned but instead they tried to make me feel like I wasn't alone meanwhile I'm like why, why are you guys leaning so hard into this movie about drag queens <laughs> I learned a lot that year aww it's very sweet <laughs> it is sweet isn't it yeah. in a weird way it it's is cute. yeah Oh, bless him okay so someone said my uncle and his husband absolutely loathed this film mm-hmm. loathe not love loathe loathe okay sure and I can understand why. A good majority of the film is spent treating two gay men like problems even after the truth comes out. Thoughts? I would disagree. Mm? I disagree. I can understand where they're coming from. This film is very stereotypical, but I feel like it takes those stereotypes and makes them A, so funny, and also it makes the characters very human. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes it... For me, for me personally, that makes it work. Like I think the relationship is absolutely believable. Mm-hmm. I think they have great chemistry together and... Yeah, not all gay people are mincing, flailing, straight acting. Well, you've got two. You've got Robin Williams, who's kind of like, quote-unquote, quite straight acting. Mm-hmm. And you've got Nathan Lane, who's very, like, very camp. You know, gay people come in all straights. In all straights? <laughs> gay people come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> oh, that's got some odd meanings. Gay people come in oh. all straights in their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
dear. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I can understand why some people don't love this film, but I think it has its heart absolutely in the right place. And I think I don't think the gay people are problems. I think they are ultimately the most well adjusted characters. Because mm-hmm. the straight characters are you've got Val who nobody likes. I guess Barbara's okay, but mm. she's not really a character. And, you know, Gene Hackman's character is just a, a big old hypocrite. Mm, yeah, exactly. So, who are the better parents? Who are the more aspirational? You know, they genuinely love their son. Mm-hmm. Who's more aspirational? They're the ones you want to be. You know, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, disagree. But I understand why some people, yeah. Yeah. Respectfully disagree. Yeah, sure. And uh, my only actual list of submission that I've got through this week is actually from Mark Reed. Oh, um, great. So, cool. from a couple of weeks ago, he guessed From on, Leslie Vernon, yeah. Yeah. Um, he said, I'm not sure how it's going to work, but a remake using Timon and the Genie. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, sure. How, how would that I mean, work? it's like so, a bestiality thing? Or? Nah, I don't know. I think you can just move past that. Sure, sure, sure. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, in, in this film, you don't you don't see them having yet almost any physical contact. No, that's true. It's not a sex-driven film. Yeah. yeah. So, absolutely, yeah. Um, so, uh, so the Genie's yeah. in a relationship with a meerkat, and that meerkat's son has homophobic parents? <laughs> yeah, the, the meerkat's son has got some, got some issues. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I should also say that I have had a lot of just general love for this movie coming through on the comments. Yeah. Like, I've had quite a few people to say, oh, it's such a great movie. Uh, it's one of those movies I'll catch on TV halfway through and just end up watching. Also, my post has had a lot of likes. Okay, any more? Nope. Okay. So, okay, I had, again, same, I had lots of love for this film mm-hmm. uh, from my listener submissions. So, uh, here are some good ones. Dennis Fanning said, The Birdcage 2, Meet the Flockers. Oh, yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Carl Huber said The Birdcage, Toucan Tango. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Lots of puns on uh, bird names here, obviously. Uh, Matthew Coblane said The Birdcage 2, everyone yells at the sun for an hour and a half for being an ass. <laughs> I agree, I agree. Okay, so you're not alone, that's good. Uh, Grace Tomzak said The Third Cage, <laughs> the end of the trilogy. Yeah, okay. Joe Herman said The crossover everyone's been waiting for, The Purge Cage. Ooh. Ooh that seems dark, I don't want to see that. No, I do. You do? Okay. What? A gang of, like, killer drag queens? Actually, yeah. That's a good film. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> that does sound like an amazing... When you put it like that, it's an amazing Yeah. Film. Yeah. Okay. Oh. God, you sound, like, aroused by that idea. <laughs> I probably am. <laughs> uh, Alison Atterbury. You know how much I love a good movie. True, 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 yeah. Uh, Alison Atterbury says, Val and Barbara, the, you know, the, the children, mm. have a couple of young children of their own now. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've waited a while, so they're still young children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Albert is a too meddlesome grandparent. Mm-hmm. So I guess Armand is dead because Robin Williams is dead. So, yeah. yeah. Val and Barbara moved their family cr- across the country to get away. Albert buys a house next door to them, but dresses in drag as an elderly Scottish woman to sneakily spend more time with the kids. So it's Mrs. Birdcage Fire. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Are they using the surname Mrs. Birdcage Fire? <laughs> Believable, isn't it? <laughs> Paul Crane said the bird cave... This one's just the bird cage, but the characters are cavemen. Okay, yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gay cavemen? Cavemen uh, drag queen? <laughs> I'm just wondering how a, a drag queen would look back yeah. in uh, in cave times. Seahorse Rosenberg. Think of the wigs. Like, Think uh, of the uh, wigs, yeah. Where, 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 where they we didn't do wig watch. I mean, it's hard because it's like, there's so many. Well, to be honest, the, the, there's not many subtle wigs in this. No, it, it's a film full of drag queens, so they're all yeah. like just... Great wigs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love the wig that um, Agador's wearing when he's doing his whole dance number when he's cleaning the flats, mm-hmm. dancing to Gloria. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's great. That reminded me a lot of uh, Freddie Mercury. A little bit, yeah. Seahorse mm. Rosenberg said the birdcage too when the Schnecken beckons. <laughs> yep. Ono Litclass, at Ono Litclass, said, God, I love this movie. I don't know that I could fathom a proper sequel, so I'm going to try a reboot cast instead. Mm-hmm. 
So here we go. First of all, John Barrowman as Albert. Yep. Do you know who that is? Yep. Yeah, of course. Yeah, from, from Torchwood, yeah? Yeah. So he's Albert, yeah? I mean, many from Doctor Who, but yeah, sure. Tor- that's why I said Torchwood, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Torchwood is a spin-off show of Doctor Who, but it's really goes straight there. Well, that's what he was the star of, wasn't he? Well, yeah, but like, no one... He's not known from Torchwood. He's known from Doctor Who. Okay. I, I thought I was... I really thought I was speaking your language there, but clearly I, yeah, yeah, I no, overshot. Yeah. I saw you tried. Uh, so, yeah, he's playing Albert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky Martin, who's won... Oh no, look class over as an actor after the past season of American Crime Story. Did you watch the most recent one? Not the Odie Simpson one? Wait, this is a show that has multiple seasons? Yeah, they've got one recently with the assassination of Gianni Versace. Who's Gianni Versace? A fashion designer? No? What's fashion? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, do you know who Ricky Martin is? <laughs> no. Really? No, uh, oh, uh, Mamba number five. No? God, oh my God. Wait, who's that? Live in La Vida Loca. That's what I meant to say. I mean, it's not. But, like, they're the same kind of song, right? Sure. Okay. So, Ricky Martin... Wait, who is Mamba number five? Lou Bega. Ah, yeah, you're right. Ricky Martin had multiple hits, whereas Lou Bega just had that one hit. I mean, he had multiple hits, they're all the same. Yeah, but they were multiple... I mean, he did have other songs. Okay. She Bangs? Yes. Oh, good. I think. Was that in Shrek? Possibly. I know Live in the Vida Loca was. I think she Probably Live in the Vida Loca, that's the famous one. I think I should watch Shrek again. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ricky Martin as uh, Armand. Uh, Ezra Miller is the son. Mm. And he's engaged to Amanda Stenberg, who played Rue in The Hunger Games. Uh, as um, in the little girl who gets killed. And, you know, she sings the song and then it causes... Yeah, I remember. I mean, she, she was... That was a long time ago. I'm sure she's grown up. She has. Yeah, obviously, because now she's she, playing someone who could be engaged. Yeah, are, okay. are, they, are they in other things? Apparently so, yeah. I think they were in a film called The Hate You Give recently, or The Love You Give. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. I've saw trailers for that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so they're engaged. And Amanda Stenberg has uptight politician parents, played by Michael C. Hall mm-hmm. from Dexter. Is he the... Main character of Dexter? Yeah, he plays Dexter. Cool. Yeah. And Laverne Cox. <laughs> ah, yeah. So they play the the right-wing politician parents. Mm. Now, wait a minute, you might say. Wait a minute? Did you just make the entire cast LGBT actors? Uh, did they? Yes. The answer okay. is hell yes. That's <laughs> the only reason they will accept. Cool. Basically, yeah, it's recasted with all the actors being LGBT people. I mean, that's a pretty solid shout, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it probably won't surprise you that Nathan Lane is, in fact, gay. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. Quiz and Hers podcast at Quiz and Hers mm-hmm. said The Nerd Cage. Same movie, but starring the cast of The Big Bang Theory. Ugh. Sadly, I could see that getting made. Ugh. False Starts Pod at False Starts Pod. This sequel has so much backing and financing that it is able to resurrect Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Who, on the press tour of the movie, is able to right all of the world's wrongs simply mm-hmm. by sheer force of being Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. So the sequel is a mediocre retread, but no one minds because they're all so happy. So I guess the idea is just to bring Robin Williams back to life and everyone will be happier. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. Cool. Gidget Von LaRue, at Gidget Von LaRue, said, Catherine Archer, the mm-hmm. Christine Baranski character, yeah. has now married a woman. And Val and Barbara, the kids, have to go to a dangerous country to work. So their two children have to stay with Christine Baranski, mm-hmm. with extra help from Albert. Sure. So, uh, that's two characters that didn't get to spend a lot of time together in the original film. That's yeah, good yeah, that works. They're those two plus kids, yeah, I like it. Okay, now Mike Silver has spun us a real yarn, so get comfortable. Hasn't he just? Yeah. Ten years on from the events of the first film, Senator Keeley, the Gene Hackman character, 
loses his re-election bid after compromising photographs expose him as a closeted gay man. <laughs> Disgraced in Republican politics and newly separated from his wife, mm. Senator Keeley moves in with the Goldmans, who gamely try to initiate him into Miami's drag culture. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a montage. Of course. Yeah. But Keeley, having spent decades publicly castigating the LGBT community, is not warmly received. After overhearing the Goldman, see that. Yeah, after overhearing the Goldmans discussing whether Keeley will hurt their social standing, he departs without warning and moves into a hotel with a well-stocked minibar. Depressed, alone, and inebriated, Keeley hatches a plan to earn a second chance. In the film's climax, a disguised in-drag Keeley sneaks on stage at the birdcage and delivers a rousing performance of Shares If I Could Turn Back Time, whipping the crowd into an adoring frenzy. After the number, Keeley tears off his wig to reveal his true identity, apologises for his past behaviour, and vows to spend the rest of his life repairing the damage he's done. The stunned crowd remains unsure until Keeley is embraced on stage by the crying Goldmans. A few sparse claps crescendo into a deafening standing ovation. Oh, great. We end on a freeze frame of Keeley's tearful <laughs> face, beaming and sandwiched between the Goldmans. Home at last. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Sweet. Yeah, I like it. That's very good. Yeah. And finally, and this is definitely my personal favourite, mm-hmm. at one Aussie Nerd one, mm. Daniel Tickner, he says, I want a shot for shot remake, but with you two starring in it. Oh no. <laughs> oh. I think you'd make a great Nathan Lane. What? You're the Nathan Lane. Really? No, no, it's me, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, alright, fine, whatever. Cool. Okay. So those are our sequel ideas for The Birdcage. If you have any sequel ideas for The Birdcage or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. Our Patreon account is patreon.com forward slash beyondtheboxset. And we have merchandise available exclusively on tpublic.com. So, Harry, next week... Is it you? Yeah, uh, kind of. Uh, so next week we're doing a crossover episode. Oh, are we? Okay. Yeah, with another podcast. Mm-hmm. Podcast called Let's Get Contextual. Let's Get Contextual. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Uh, you may have heard the name uh, Dante Pineau, who we've written in a few times. Sure, yeah. Um, well, him and his co-host Zach are going to come on. Okay. And uh, the film they've picked is Arrival. Oh, nice. Which has been on, I think, both our lists for quite a while. In many ways, it's the film that launched this podcast. Pretty much, yeah. So uh, okay. that's, that's, that's going to be a pretty good one. I'm looking forward to rewatching that. I love that film. Yeah, me too. Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, and also I should say, so this is obviously episode 92, I think, or something. Sure. We're building up to episode 100, which we're going to do a live show for. Indeed. Exciting. So we're taking the back room of our local pub, the Kemmick Tavern. And on January 19th, 2019, we'll be doing E.T. live in front of... Hopefully, all of you listeners. Hopefully, every single one of you, wherever you are in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to come to Leeds and meet us in person. Yeah. That'd be great. It'd be fantastic. We'd enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, we'll embarrass ourselves on stage in front of you all, and mm-hmm. um, hopefully you'll have a really good time. Yeah. So, if you would like to come to that, just go to beyondtheboxset.com slash live. I'll have that link set up already, and I'll just direct you to the Facebook event. That's pretty much all there is to it. There yeah. will be some more details, but we'll let you know them as they get... Agreed on, I yeah, guess. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Yeah, should do. So it'd be a nice thing to celebrate with uh, with everybody who'd like to come and celebrate with us. The fact yeah. that we got to 100 episodes, which is it's pretty good. It's pretty exciting, yeah. It'd be yeah. nice to have some, some of our loyal supporters with us to mm-hmm. mark this great occasion. Yeah, yeah so uh, we'll see you there. See you there, hopefully. Bye. Bye. Bye.